Jumping into an hour of new electronic music releases. Heavy, heavy shit today. First up, we got Jalea and Dark Velvet, a song called Disguise, featuring Isabel Rose. Alright, here we go, out on Sleeveless Records. You're listening to the best music Left is your 
Tempo label, the Squan label, S-S-K-W-A-N. The song is called Clouded Judgment by Mize. Or me, Mize. M-I-Z-E. Alright, this uh this song is sick premiere.
ready for this one. This new one is Meeks, M-E-E-K-S by Molokai. That's spelled M-O-L-O-K-A-I. Yeah, <laughs> 
featuring Revibes, songs by Leet and Mythum. That flight, but but not a patient prayer. Almost died, was a patient there. They told me better pay that prayer. When I felt better, man gave me air like ah uh, ah. Uh, yeah, they see man suffer, yak in the mouth, but the kid no suffer. Backing around with the facts in the town, and I catching them out in the cold and I pop like bro, bro. Let me say with chest, couple man down by the failing test. Big man drop with that flavored zest, handing them out of their favors next like bang. Gee, yeah, come with a price. Don't want to handle the female replies. Itch cats are like heaven with lice. I stick to raps with a fiend of ice like ice like ice like ice like ice. Like, ice, like, ice like, Rivals V Next up we got Uju, Wiley and Rekno Song called Chiefin This is the Dalek 1 Remix Brand new shit is out on Soulless Family, it is a headbang society premiere. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> 
by something something. The song is called Aluminum.
got a song by Sky Sweet. This dude's out of Colorado. This song is called Outer Space.
up is Wilkinson and Issy Cross. A song called Used to This. Silence in the air that I breathe. Solace in your eyes. Hold me in your mind. And I, I think I could get used to this. I think I could get used to this. And I,
ones off the brand new remix album for that big gigantic just came out this is the Enzo remix to keep it low keep it low keep it low drop it down and keep it low Drop it down 
down and keep it low. Drop it down and keep it low. Drop it down and keep it low. All right, ready, here we go. Drop it down and keep it low. Drop it down and keep it low. Drop it down and keep it low. interview on the bass music podcast with luminist aka david timko what's Hello. up what is good man uh you took a soiree for four hours while setting up everything but we finally <laughs> we finally made it happen step by step man the i'm proud has been real over here you, i woke up this like morning to... dead mouse was in my studio an actual mouse <laughs> so that's that's any indication of how this day has gone wow but we're here we made it thanks for having you me like, man of course you just like to find the most complex impossible things to do and, and try and achieve them <laughs> that unfortunately is, a, is not far from the truth I do have the habit <laughs> of over committing myself to menial tasks oh but uh, that's why I love and respect you, though, man. <laughs> Thanks, so, buddy. All right. Well, we'll get right into it. Um, my go. One of my favorite questions to ask people, what was the first concert you ever went to? Oh, my God, dude. First concert. I think it was yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> I think it was like a Christian campout music festival when I was like in middle school that count oh, nice oh definitely i don't know i couldn't <laughs> tell you any of the bands but it was like yeah. uh it was a church function ironically no way. that is very <laughs> ironic yes how far we have fallen oh yes <laughs> oh, i'm sure his now i make my proud. own church that's right <laughs> Well, what was the the first electronic show you ever found yourself at? First rave. Um. Wow. So the first rave that I ever went to was a show in Pittsburgh. It was a little couple hundred person gathering at one of their little underground spots called 
uh, the Elks Lodge. Oh, yeah. Dude, anyone who's been to anything rave related in Pittsburgh knows about Elks Lodge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was the first show I ever went to. I think it was called Get Awesome or Get Awesome 2. I think it was like 2007. Some shit. I was like a teenager. I was like in high school. And I went out there. You did drive all the way down. Yeah, I was like back and forth living in Pittsburgh at the time because I was dating this girl out there and Okay. It was a weird time, man. It was before I had my driver's license, so I used to take the Greyhound bus out there from Cleveland. Dang. Shit was wild, dude. Wow. (laughs) Shit was wild, bro. Different time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, Greyhound, that's a whole yeah, that's a whole (laughs) chapter of life right there, man. I think but, it's uh, uh, everybody in life has to uh, have a Greyhound ride under their wing to I really agree. call themselves an American. Yeah, and then I would say don't ever do it again. <laughs> One and done, for sure. One of those. Uh, but yeah, dude, it was like some like underground candy rave, you know? I don't yeah. know any of the DJs that played. It was just like a local sure. thing. There was probably like 200 people all packed into a sweaty basement. I think and, my uh, first one was at the the Irish Center in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. not long after I went there for the first time too. I want to say the first yeah. thing I did there was like maybe the first House Strange or something. Dude, yeah. I don't know if you remember any of the House Strange parties out there. Oh, in 2007, I was still. Uh, it would have been a couple years watching, after that. Watching Rugrats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was too. <laughs> but uh yeah, right. I'm still watching Rugrats over here dude <laughs> I never turned it off anyway what about your this is the most generic musician question but what's uh what was your first musical inspirations that uh mm. made you try and try and that made you want to do it yourself mm. Wow, as far as electronic music goes, or just I, I guess know, that's really what we're talking about here, right? Any <laughs> anything in general. I mean, did you do any music besides electronic stuff ever? Yeah, yes and no. I was in a band in high school. We were like um like an alternative electronic hybrid type shindig. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So that was the first time I started really playing around with like I guess production you could call it but it wasn't really production all the way we were like I was doing synth work and we were doing songwriting but it was more of like a band team effort I wasn't really writing the songs yeah. at that point I was just writing instrument parts I guess okay um, um, the first time the that I started called? getting into oh god uh, Rosa <laughs> Parks hell yeah <laughs> dude I think we were like a thing for like three months wow yeah, we never even played a show, bro. Uh-huh. But, but it was good. Like, we were jamming out some cool shit nobody ever got to hear, though. Heck but that yeah. was, like, kind of part of my on-off, uh, you know, because I've been, I've been doing piano since I was, like, a young child. So, like, okay, that was kind of where I started branching out into creating music, not just, like, learning how to play other people's music. And then all throughout my younger years, I was really into, like, the pre-dubstep era electronic music which would have yes. been like for me it was like trance and like drum and bass like old school drum and bass like breakbeat a yeah. lot of that shit i was into you 
now and like my high school years before the whole dubstep thing happened and then I mean when I say dubstep thing I mean like Skrillex and all that shit yeah that's, I found him on LimeWire <laughs> yeah hell yeah dude yeah, dude, you gotta download like 50 viruses to get y- yes, any sir. other tracks. Like, you gotta go through like the virus gatekeepers. Yep. Like, you, you need this many viruses to pass. <laughs> LimeWare so. Lime is the shit. But yeah, so I think the answer to your original question would be somewhere in that journey in my high school years, I started messing around with making like trans type. Like four okay. on the floor beat stuff. I would yeah. say it's the what, first stuff I ever you, tried to produce. What were you producing in? Oh, uh, Fruity Loops. Like Fruity Loops, like four. There you go. Like, it was like early Fruity Loops. Oh, yeah. That was what Clunker. I had. Dude, all the way up until four years ago. I mean, dude, I don't even know how much, It's not even been four years. A couple of years ago, I switched to Ableton from using. Fruity Loops my entire life. Like it's all, yeah. always only used FL. Back then it yeah. was Fruity Loops, now it's FL Studio, but like that was all that I had ever used up until wow. literally a couple of years ago. And so I just didn't know anything else. And I, you know, I evolved over so many years using that program. I was just so comfortable. It was really hard for me to switch out, but I'm very glad that I finally mm-hmm. did. Same, dude. I feel it. Yeah. What was the uh, the first gig you ever got? Ooh, uh, I remember the first time I got to spin music in front of an audience when yeah. I wasn't actually on the lineup. So I don't know if that uh, counts. It was, that definitely counts. There was this like private uh, house festival. Like somebody had a miniature fest. Like it was that same. A lot of the Pittsburgh ravers at the time, yeah. like back in the late 2000s, like 2009 maybe this was. Yeah. Uh, somebody that I knew had a friend that grew like a private property two day fest thing out in West Virginia. It was like a mountain thing. Okay. And a friend of mine, Scoots McGee. Scoots McGee. Who's a hard style DJ. Yeah, he's a legendary hard style DJ from Pittsburgh. Dude. He's Heck yeah. One of the first DJs that I ever met. No way. When I first started going to shows and like was exposed to that shit being done live for the first time. Yeah. He was one of the first people that ever like inspired me to actually become a DJ. Okay. But he was all hard style and he let me kind of like throw down some tracks during his set time at that little fest. And that was the first time I ever like touched DJs or anything. And, and you were hooked. No, I, I'll never forget it because it was such a cool moment for me. And it, was, it was in like somebody's fucking garage. There was probably like 15 people in there. <laughs> yep. But it was dope. Heck yeah. Uh, the first actual show that I got on, I think, was like. I want to say it was uh, like a club in Kent when I was at Kent State University. It was like a. Cool. Yeah. It was like a house music night or something. You know what I mean? It was like a very low key, like. Probably yeah. like a weekday night type thing, like a warm up gig. But it was like on a on a real system, so Yeah, right. Yeah, I was at a club. There was a couple of half clubs in Kent State around the time I went to school there. Yeah. So what fun. was your what's your favorite gig you've ever played? Ooh. <laughs> I knew you were going to be hitting me with the hard questions, man, right? Oh, I got to. I mean, you can give me, a, like, a top three, <laughs> maybe. No, it's cool. It makes me think about my life. I don't do enough. 
Yeah, man. You've been through been through a lot. I mean, you've been doing it for what, 10 years now? Probably 12. All right, 12, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to think I took a whole year off. Just recently, you know, with the whole rebrand thing. So, counting that, I was over 10 years before that. So, that counts as life experience. Yeah. Uh, My favorite gig ever. That's like impossible. Yeah. Like, I could give you a couple of my top few, but I could never pick one that was the best. Well, that's fair. But, like, one time, uh, way back in the day at the Cleveland Agora, um, there was a, a show called Radiate. Oh, yeah. And the headliner was Savant and uh, a couple other dudes, and, like, Uzi was on there, like, Uzi. Oh, my God. Savant? Yeah, Savant's flight. Dude, I used to watch his tutorials. Yeah, he's insane. But he didn't make it to the U.S. in time for his set, so they called me from work that day of the show. And they asked me if I could fill in for his slot because the other headliners, they were contracted in for their set times. And they couldn't move. And they were like, you were next up on the locals that didn't get booked on this, so we wanted to see if you would just fill in for him and take his slot, which was like, I think it was like a midnight slot. It was like a sold-out main stage Agora. Jesus Christ. So it was a crowd of like 2,000 people, like all the way to the back of this auditorium. And and I was like opening up directly for was he? Did they, you get the call? Like fucking six hours, dude. Oh my god! Did like you just, that like, afternoon, I left work. I literally left work in the middle of my shift <laughs> <laughs> to go make a set. Like fuck you, McDonald's. It was incredible, though, dude. Those last minute things are always the best experiences for sure. Oh yeah, it was like, yeah. raging, man. That was a good time because it was so unexpected, and like I got to play. That was the only uh, the yeah. second time I played the main stage at the Agora. Yeah. It was completely packed. That shit was gnarly. <laughs> it was fun. Um, yeah, did a lot of really good times at a couple of festivals too. Like, there was one way back in the day called Tribal Connection. That was one of my favorite gigs too of all time. It was in, oh uh, yeah, like a, a native re- native reservation. Were you there? I wasn't there. Uh uh-uh. uh That was a long time ago. Yeah, no, in 2011. I, I've heard about him. I've heard the stories. Well, there's another one coming up. Oh, I know. Doing another one again this year. So. Yeah, Wisteria. Yeah, yeah. So, All right. Yeah. I don't know oh. if that uh, fills your answer. Yes, that fills was your contractual favorite. obligations. <laughs> yes, it was a favorite. Um, well, before I move on, uh, talk about asking about some producing stuff. Do you want to talk a little bit about Flux and that whole, uh, the whole, how it went and everything? Shit, sure. Just describe, um, like, what, what it was, basically, for people that uh, sure. didn't catch the show. Yeah, so I just recently threw uh, something I made called a Flux, Luminous Flux event, and a Flux is basically my audiovisual experience. So I've been building the system for on and off on the side, like, five years. And yeah. it's basically... 
uh, a completely self-contained, self-controlled audio-visual DJ system where I'm doing all the visuals and the music all from one place by myself. And I finally managed to get the resources together over all of the time it took me to build this thing, finish it, and throw a debut event so I could show everybody the thing in action. And I got my buddies over at Lionheart uh, LED Walls. They're from Michigan. Mm-hmm. I met them last year. They did the big LED wall for Big Bam Festival up there in northern Michigan. And they agreed to come down and bring their giant-ass LED wall <laughs> for my show. And then we had Dream Boy Audio come out uh, from the club. I'm sorry, those guys are in Dayton. Didn't you say you got a episode coming up with them or something? Too? Yeah, they're they're gonna be on the next episode. Yep. Woo! Hell AJ. yeah! Shout out Dream Boy. Hell yeah! yeah AJ's buddy. the man. So yeah, he helped me out big time, and he brought the giant ass system, and <laughs> I got to show off my Flux audiovisual setup, and it worked yeah. really well. It was a lot of very long days and nights of trial and error and figuring out you know because i basically built the whole thing and there's a lot of moving parts and it was quite a huge project but you probably slept for about three days after that show (laughs) dude i'm still asleep i haven't even fully woken up from it yet it's been three weeks and i literally have barely done anything yet oh my god i burned myself out so hard dude that show i've never worked harder on anything in my life i'm not exaggerating I, I along with a lot of others, solid are, months of hard work to build up with that. Well, the whole community is immensely proud of you. Um, Thanks, which man. I'm sure you already know. But yeah, I mean, it it was a freaking huge success. Am I? It am was I a correct? huge success. It was. It blew everything that I had, all my expectations out of the water. Good. My so only glad. concern was that I wasn't going to lose a bunch of money, and we actually made money. Which isn't what it was about at all. I wasn't oh, expecting that. No, but it, but it to helps the next one. Be able one to bring happen. all that stuff together and like have that level of a production, especially in the Cleveland area when we have a very small music scene here. Yeah. And walk away without a huge loss and like actually have gained from it. And like I was able to pay everyone involved basically extra. Yeah. And and I was able to buy a, a new laptop that can run the visual system mobile because right now for that show everything was running off of a tower like a gaming tower that i've been building over the last few years yeah so now i can move it all thanks to everyone showing up and like all the support that i got on that show i can move it on to the laptop that i just bought and now the thing's mobile so if somebody wants to book a flux show you know and see the full audio visual experience somewhere across the country i can just pack it all up and get on a plane Awesome. So that yeah, was a that, fucking huge blessing, man. I couldn't ask for more. I think there was like over 400 people at that show, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast Deserve with Cashmere. And yeah, I, I mean, that, it, you, you pretty much led me right into my next question, which is the fact that you are now basically ready to, to take this show on the road and, and go anywhere, really, right? Pretty much. Uh, I'm not like ready right now, but yeah, all the pieces are here. Yeah. I just got to finish organizing. So I spent the week after the show building out basically what I would call like a presentation, almost like a marketing package. So if a promoter wants to book this, like the Flux show that I did, like there's more to it than just the headlining like set of my system. Like oh, so yeah. there's other things about how we threw the event that I would want to remain consistent if anybody else tried to throw one somewhere else. Do you mind speaking to any of those um, 
Yeah, like we did a lot of wellness related stuff. We did a lot of like interactivity and wellness related stuff to where like there was just certain things that I went out of my way to make sure that people had if they needed it. Like, you know, just basic provisions, man. Like, you know, free earplugs, free water, stuff like that. There was a lot of like educational information. There's a lot of like drug safety stuff there. And yeah, uh, we had a nonprofit fundraiser. We raised a ton of money and got a huge pile of donations oh, for yeah. a local I forgot homeless about all drive. The, all the donations, yeah. Dude, we ended up with like basically two whole tables worth of clothing and food items piled up to donate to oh, a local homeless charity that I partnered with. I have a awesome. friend who does... Yeah, man, it was amazing to see. Because I did basically like... I think it was like $5 off at the door. Yeah. So I didn't think it was going to be that big of a thing, but yeah, like it was huge. Uh, The turnout on that was insane. They needed to fill like a whole huge entire vehicle full of it. Take it back down. It was uh, Summit County, which is like Akron, which is like an hour south of Cleveland for those who don't know. Oh, cool. Um, It was a nonprofit uh, homeless outreach and support organization based out of there. So we had to have somebody haul it all down. And my volunteer staff, God bless them. Dude, they took yeah. care of all that shit for me because I had no way to juggle all that extra work, but we ended up with a huge team of volunteers and we got basically a whole truckload of food and clothing. Good wow. good stuff. All sent down to the homeless and they do like they do pop-up shelters during the really cold nights in the winter here. So they'll have like a shelter that only opens when it's like, you know, sub freezing temperatures. So it all got yeah. sent there. So people that show up to that shelter, basically, they get all this free clothes and food, too. Oh. Oh, Thanks to everyone amazing. here that, yeah, threw in. It was amazing, the turnout. So a lot of that kind of stuff got a ton of good feedback, and I just don't see a lot of that happening. I do see some of it happening. I just want to keep it up because it really yes. made it. It made an That's impression. That's the key word and I think is it, that it, it's happening some places. But. Yeah, just making more of it. And it's like, yep. it's not hard to do when you have a team of people willing to help it's really and not. that's the thing was like i just want to make sure that if anyone's ever going to ask me to do this again that we include those elements so what i did was basically i put a little marketing package together for a promoter that wants to book a flux show and it's like here's everything that i have to offer and then here's what we require from you and then there's even like some budget breakdown stuff at the end to give them like an example of what the costs usually look like yeah and it's profitable i mean basically like if you do what i just did in cleveland which was super successful by our standards you know being a small music scene up here the break-even number that we had was right around 200 people to do all that and it's like it's not gonna be exactly the same again because i got a lot of like help from friends on some of the like the venue and the production stuff Sure. But even if you even if you don't have like the high grade production that we had, you can still do more or less the same show for around the same budget. Yeah. For like 200 to 250 people, you can pay for all that. And then basically past that, there's like a little bonus for the production and the headliner. And then like anything past that is just profit for the promoter. So if you're in a city where you're already an established promoter and you know on any good show like that you're going to pull at least 500 people then you're going to make a lot of money booking the show i mean it's not going to cost you more than any other touring headliner would cost you if you went with one of them 
but you're getting the added bonus of this whole visual component. You know, it's super cool. And I'm putting together a like recap video right now too, to like try and get more demo of it out there into the world for all the people that didn't make it. There's yeah. a ton of when, video footage. We got a shit ton of video footage. When's that gonna be coming out? You know? Uh, I, I thought it was gonna be out yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm a little behind on my end, but uh, it's mostly edited now. I, it took me a week to go through the footage because it's all 4K. <laughs> so like the footage alone, dude, when I combined it, because we had fucking three uh, separate photographers and videographers, and they all sent me everything, and I had to go sort it all. And yeah. it ended up being over 200 gigs of files, dude. Oh my god! And I'm over here running a 2011 MacBook, trying to play and sort through these 4K video files that are like dozens of gigabytes each. <laughs> so it took me a week just to sort the the footage. Oh my gosh! So yeah, I'm almost done with the recap video, and then I have a ton of like just good clips from the show that we used to send like to promoters. Basically, yeah. it's a whole press. It's like a press kit, but for the Flux show not just me as an artist so it gives you an idea of like the whole audio visual presentation and yeah. what you're getting and then like it comes with all that extra like wellness stuff too and all that charity stuff it's all included heck yeah i i hope that at least a couple promoter friends like in neighboring cities will pick it up because i feel like it made a huge impression on the 400 or so people that were there yeah but like all the rest of the people that weren't there don't know yet what all they missed and how dope it was. <laughs> yeah. So if we could do that a couple more times in like the Columbus, like Detroit markets, maybe, maybe Pittsburgh, like the mm -hmm. outer barrier of where I'm at here in Cleveland, then I think it, it might just keep spreading from there. Because I think the feedback was really positive from the first one. It was just a small group that made it, you know. Yes. But that's hey, the well, goal is is keep scaling this thing up. That's what I hope to do. Yes, sir. Hey, well, uh, let me uh, switch gears and ask you okay. about producing a little bit. Um, so just to yes. reiterate, uh, the current project name is Luminous. Spelled L-U-M uh, Luminous. How do you spell I it? <laughs> L-U-M-I-N Lumen and like then y -S -T. And then Y-S-T like yes. based, I based it on like the old world spelling of Alchemist which was oh. Alchemist with a Y-S-T at the end Okay So it's because usually you would think Luminous would be like Lumen I-S-T Yes But I did the Y-S-T because it gives it this like old world spin yeah I like and that. that really goes with the theming of like where i want to take the brand yes is it's a very like um magical type like almost like alchemical yes uh almost like uh like an occulty kind of vibe yes well so that's been, that's been well, my jam the last few years so what is uh, your favorite synth that you use? Synthesizer? Yes. Oh my god. Uh <laughs> you serum? I'm trying to think of a stupid answer. Yeah, um, I, I can see the wheels turning. <laughs> um, the Nimbus 2000. Dude. 
One time I wired a harmonica into a wall power outlet and played it while it electrocuted me. And that was my favorite. Song. That explains why you are like you are. Wow. Yeah. Dude, you can play it with your brain if you try hard enough. Wow. I, I did not know uh, that was possible. I almost exclusively <laughs> use uh, Serum. I still use Massive from just the days before no Serum existed. I have like a giant library of sounds that I made from it that I still like to tap into. So I use Serum and Massive. Heck uh, yeah. Since switching to Ableton, I've realized that a lot of the clean sounds that I've been trying to get uh, are best produced inside of Ableton stock mm-hmm. generators, which um, more or less would just be, uh, whatchamacallit? Operator. What's the main synth? Uh, operator, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's really it, though. It's really that, and since I've taken some lessons from a few of my favorite producers, I've really learned to use samples a lot more, too. Like, yeah. I wasn't ever really a very heavy sample-based artist. I always liked to do everything. I was, like, a purist for a long time, where I, like only wanted to use sounds that I made from scratch or like very limited sound samples. Yeah. And so, now I'm like, especially since the rise of Splice, I'm like realizing how much I'm like in, not limiting, but inhibiting myself from creative flow yeah. by tapping into that infinite, never-ending all-generating sea of sound clips that is the internet. Yep. It's like, why sit here and spend three hours working on a bass synth like I do like I used to do that for every song almost when yeah. you can literally just like write the song out using a basic preset of something that's close to what you want it to be and then just kind of like flesh it out with layers later and just like use samples for a lot of the layering and shit yeah do you, uh, my process. so those are the only synths that I find that I really need now do you uh, for your sampling do you ever sample like instrument all the time yeah acoustic instruments are like one of the like bedrocks of my style now yeah yeah i like old worldy instruments like a lot of old not not like old fashion but like stuff that's been around and used for thousands of years right yeah like reed based stuff and like air instruments like wind old yeah kind of just basic you know like you're Kind of bare bones, like acoustic stuff that's been around. Right. You can't, like, mimic the sound of something that's been done for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, you can't create that soulful feeling with the synthesizer all the time. Correct. So, yeah, that's a really heavy thing for me in all my production. I really like bells and, like, anything that gives kind of, like, air of mystery of like instrumentation and then i'm also a huge fan of strings yeah really fuck heavily with string instruments a lot of violin stuff like i'm a big fan of my buddy contra scandal um Mm -hmm. i'm just talking to him right before this actually but we have a collab coming out he's a denver-based violinist who i'm a big fan of his production yeah he actually just did a live stream last night on couch fam too Uh, yeah i saw that yeah um yeah, so, like, and Josh Teed is another one. Like, I'm a big fan of both of those guys because oh, they've yeah. implemented the live violin work and, like, so anything string-driven, like, I have a huge soft spot for that. And, and it's probably because a lot of that is because I was raised on classical instruments and classical music. 
Yeah. And I also was like obsessed with like video game soundtracks growing up. So I know a lot of that instrumentation is all orchestral, like inspired movie soundtracks too. Like a huge oh, yeah. main draw of inspiration for everything that I do. Like I'm really into the cinematics, so a lot of the string stuff, any orchestral stuff is huge for me. That. Heck yeah. Have you seen, uh, this is off topic, but have you seen Cowboy Bebop, new one? No, you know, I watched Dude. like the first episode and... it's. I love it just for the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack was good. The, the problem was I didn't really watch much of the original anime. Yeah. So like, I could tell that they were like trying really hard to like do justice to the original exactly how it was in real life form. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really mean that much to me because I didn't have anything to compare it to. Yeah, I feel it. And so I feel like it was a lot of fan service for people that grew up with that show, and I wasn't one of those people, so it felt kind of forced to me because yeah. I didn't know what it was referring to. Hey, well, um, Dude, I hope you're sampling whatever that is. It sounds yeah, like well, a I was going to say, if you want to take a break while the freaking train passes by. <laughs> oh, I mean, you could barely hear it. Okay, cool. You could hear it. You could only hear it for like a split second, like very faintly. It didn't pick up on your mic that bad. Nice. Um, well, how do you have any uh, secret techniques, secret, like effects that uh, you like to use that you're willing to share? Uh, I would I would love to share any of my techniques or effects. Yeah, I just don't know. I guess you have, you have any, if I had like, to think of everything that I do in production and try and like think of what is the most useful. Uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Just uh, drop one. I mean, one from technique. the most from the most general answer perspective, like shaping sounds and like really fine-tuning each layer of each sound or instrument to fit in only what you need yeah it's huge like like removing uh unneeded areas of the frequency spectrum from sounds like okay subtractive subtractive eq like just making things sound as clean as possible and like compressing and making everything kind of like grouping things in the way where you're grouped layers all have like certain like different level limiters so that you have like almost oh. like layers to your sound stage yeah, to separate yeah. things and then like hmm. yeah and then like it goes the same way for stereo too like really part of the tuning I mean sculpting like in terms of sculpting sounds completely is like making sure that they all have their own like defined space in the stereo field too yeah so like all those things or when I say sculpting sounds as much as possible like all those things are is what I'm talking about do you do a lot of stereo that's a very general stuff? answer yeah that, that all applies equally like um, like gain staging stereo staging like you're grouping you're limiting and like getting rid of unneeded frequencies like all those things play equal important parts in helping sounds polish them to be their final form the other half of that i would say and just huge for me and this is something i've started doing a lot more of in the last couple of years that i've noticed a huge improvement from is layering mm-hmm. and like just because you have things that sound the way that you wanted them to sound and that are wrote out the way you want them in the song, like, doesn't mean that they can't sound better. 
yeah. a lot of times if you just like listen to a sound or a layer or something that you made for a track too long you kind of like lose sight of your picture but then if you go like compare a track that you're working on to another song that's similar by uh, another artist that you like sometimes doing that ab like uh, jolts your brain back and you're like oh wow there's like so much more missing that i i couldn't tell right. so like layering is huge like layering in subtle ways like if you have an instrument yeah even if it sounds like the thing that you're going for already like don't be afraid to like try adding to like fill the spectrum more yeah like use the part that sounds right as like the base or the foundation like build subtle layers of the same note or whatever it is around it to try and like just beef it up right like same thing with those layers like sculpt out all the parts that you don't need and just like kind of let them peek through a little bit and just like adding a few of those subtle layers onto each main instrument makes everything just fuller and that's something that like it's tedious and can be annoying work to do sometimes but like it really makes certain instruments really stand out. Like you hear one of my biggest inspirations in sound design is Champagne Drip. Mm-hmm. He yep. makes these bass lines that are just fucking ginormous. Dude. Yes. It's like the world is imploding. Like 37 layers of synth. And that's what it is. It's literally just these fine tuned layer after layer. And God only knows how many there are. Yeah. But like <laughs> people are like, how do you get that giant sounding bass? It's like one bass line. But it takes up the whole fucking spectrum and it sounds clean as shit. Yep. And it's probably like, yeah, it's like 37 little subtle layers that are just intricately all connected into each other. Yeah. And like building that shit takes forever, but like the sounds will pay off, you know? The end result really stands out. It's like painting, you know? Yeah. Hey, so. It's it's really a lot like painting, actually. When when did you start uh, mastering your stuff? always yeah i have since day one that's why all my old music sounds like shit (laughs) because i've been like well i'm gonna learn how to do this whole thing myself and however long it takes that's how long it'll take i guess heck yeah Uh, and my shit's finally getting better because i did some really good classes like i'm in one right now with ben cantle from the experience but before that i did the seth drake mastering course which was the most beneficial educational production content i've ever taken by far yeah. Seth Drake is the man, and he did a full course on mix down and mastering. And what do like, you What do you use for mastering? Uh, well, okay. So in terms of like what I learned from that class specifically, it's actually that's more about the process in terms of like stem working with stems. Okay. But for the overall master, uh, usually it's just like a, a very subtle chain of okay stuff. Yeah. There's a couple. If you're talking like limiters, which is the main thing usually people are asking about, is like it kind of actually depends. I didn't know if you oh, use you like know what? a stock can... plug-in chain or if you just no, not really. Yeah. Uh, I use a lot of the ozone. Okay, yeah, yeah. Pieces for a lot of that stuff for the master chain stuff. Like I like their multi-band dynamics. I like the exciter a lot. I use in every track. Yeah. The maximizer is a good limiter, uh, but usually I'll use Pro L. Okay. But sometimes, if I'm trying to make a really aggressive track that's just really loud and like don't care about like certain levels of distortion, 
Yeah. This is actually one of my other secret weapons, back to your last question. Yeah. Um, infected Mushroom made a really gnarly plugin. Oh. Um, let me pull it up here and I'll tell you. Okay. I'm on my computer right now. Yeah. You can just cut, you can cut the weight out. Oh, that's yeah. fine. I'll just have some bumping beat background for to keep the want to get a really loud mix and you don't care about like fucking up everything yeah which sometimes like if anyone that's listening to this is actually interested in this like if you know my track rise together it's one of my most played songs it's very very heavy yes this plugin this infected mushroom plugin is one that i use on the master chain for that i don't usually Uh, use it it's called pusher okay um and the main reason that I use it is because it has a clipper. Mm. Like, it has a limiter, but you can switch the limiter to, a, like, a, a basically, a, it's like a hard clipper. I guess oh. it's a soft clipper. But, like, it basically, you're going to get a fuckload of loudness out of that thing if you put it at the end of your mastering chain. Okay. Um, and you're going to sacrifice, like, distortion. It's going to distort, and it's going to, like, you're going to get clipping mm-hmm. distortion, but... It's, yeah, so it won't give you like a clean limit like Proel will. Okay. It's not transparent at all. But if some tracks, like if it's something that you're going for, it's super aggressive, something like that works really well. Cool. Well, now that we have totally lost the general public <laughs> for the last, yeah. the last 20 minutes. I was just minutes, saying, like, don't tempt me. I can we'll, keep going. Oh, I know, this. I know. That's we, why we I'm, I'm going to... This is a six-hour production uh, I'm going to bring it back. At least. We're going to bring it back a little bit. Um, Do you want to talk? Can I talk about the mouse that I caught in oh, the trap? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I came up this morning and it had already died, I guess. I don't know how. Is it start? I don't use I use like humane traps. I don't use like violent traps. It just like traps them in a little compartment and then I let them go. Yeah. Outside. Well, this thing was dead. Oh, no. But like the trap was flipped upside down across the other side of the room. So it oh. like must have like had a fucking massive seizure or something. Oh, nice. So I'm like, all right. So I throw the thing out and an hour later I'm sitting in here and I hear the scurrying around the room what? and I see the fucking thing. There's these mics coming after me, dude. What? And it comes right the fuck. I see it. <laughs> Like behind my subwoofer, I see its little tail, and when I look at it, it like scurries around, and then it comes up like to my left, wow. around the other side, and it pops its little head out from there, and then I look at it, and it pop, it like hides again. It like it's <laughs> fucking with me. I'm like yelling at it, like get out, dude. This is get out of here. Oh my Go god, home. dude. Go, this isn't your home. This is my studio. He's just... So the fucking thing. I'm like yelling at it, like stomping on the ground to get it to like crawl back into the wall or wherever the fuck it came from. Uh huh. And I start playing this track that I'm working on, and it immediately runs up to me <laughs> and looks at me. It like in rat like mice don't do that. What they the stay hell? hidden in like along the wall. It ran straight out in the middle of the floor and looked at me. What? I looked back and it ran away again. And then I'm like, okay, now it's just fucking with me. Oh, yeah. And so I start mixing this track down again, and it starts making this loud squeaking noise while I'm trying to work. Wow. It's like, I must have fucking killed its mom or something, dude. I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel bad. 
But anyway, like now he's a like very all good, these mice uh, are angry. Listener. And it had red eyes, so I'm scared. It red eyes? Wow. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> that was my well, mom's story from today. I love it, dude. Well, well lastly, um, do you want to talk about your the project you're working on right now? Or the, the song? I the have... I have 15 songs unreleased that are finished. Oh, nice. That's I what have, I like to hear. 12 of them are original. Dropping them all tomorrow, right? No. <laughs> 12 of them are originals with some being collabs. Or not. Oh. One of them is an, uh, like bootleg remix, and then two of them are instrumentals that are going to be... featured in like intro outro type shit and my goal here is to release another full length album yeah and then this bootleg remix that i have is gonna be actually that's gonna come first that's next i'm hoping to release that can you say what it's a remix of the cranberries oh yeah you remember that band from the 90s uh i remember the name but i don't really remember their sound Oh, I'll check them They're out. They're a British rock band. Nice. They were really big in the 80s and 90s. Oh, cool. They did Zombie. Okay. And um, the other really famous song, like you hear it like at the fucking grocery store all the time yeah. on the radio. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's called Dreams. Okay. That's the song that I remixed, and it was because it like ties really heavily into like the theme of everything with Flux and all the stuff I've been doing lately. Oh, and I played that was the closing track. I played that to close out the first Flux show. Oh, so that's gonna be the next thing that I drop. I'm hoping that gets released this week, like within the next few days, hopefully. Heck yeah! And. Uh, yeah, rest in peace to Dolores, who is the lead singer. She died just a couple years ago. That's oh, also going to be like a tribute to her. She died in 2018. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's going to be a tribute to her. She was one of the best singers ever alive, in my opinion. Hell yeah. So that'll come out soon. And then I hope to be rolling this album out shortly after. That'll Those will be dropped like one track at a time over a few months. Okay, cool. And then, uh... You yeah. Wanna, so that's everything I'm working on musically. Do you want to talk real quick about that uh, release you had on what was it? The sub, um, uh, submerged. That is. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Submerged. That was the only one track I've released as Luminous so far. Yeah, that was that's right. That's right. So that actually was featured on their first compilation release. That's a new, if, if anyone doesn't know, uh, Submerged is like a local yeah. um, event production company and they just like expanded out and now they're also like, by local I mean Cleveland based. Yeah, okay. They just also expanded out to be a like record label and artist collective now too. Oh. So uh, that was their first release nice. uh, with a bunch of my local friends on there too and that's right on my SoundCloud if you ever want to see it. The whole release, you can yeah, post, I'll probably, click into my uh, track. I'll probably drop it in here. Uh, I've played it on Hell a yeah. previous podcast, which I saw that you saw. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually I remember catching that randomly. I was yeah. listening to it, and that came on. You're like, but hey, yeah, what you go I, why that? do I know this song so well? 
Yeah. If you go into that track, though, on my SoundCloud, you can click into the full release, and then the other tracks on there, like there's one from my friend Hunter Reed, Stylist is on there. Cool. Um, a bunch of local homies are on there. My friend Jacob Bennett, Bando, Dicey's on there. Uh, shout out all those guys, like all the local Cleveland and Pittsburgh homies who do like more of the deep dub, yeah, experimental yeah. based stuff. It's a 12 track release. You can go on there. It's called Submerged Selections Volume One. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's called Sub Selections. It's by Submerged. It's called Sub Selections Volume yeah. One. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, last question for you. What mix are you going to allow us to play here at the end of the podcast? Did you, a mix did you fit, or a track or the whole mix? Whatever you want. I would prefer if we could use a mix, though, like a, a previously released mix that you've done. Because you've had a couple you dropped as Luminous. I would say let's use my latest mix because I still think it needs to get more love. It yeah. was the one that I did most recently for the Couch Fam mixtape Monday. Yeah, uh, yeah. A month or two back. It was so it was an audio visual project that I did as a collab with Mad Mike, the visual oh, artist. Yes. Oh, cool. Cause then my, I can link to the YouTube video or whatever as well. Yeah, so it was it was uh it was done on that as a live stream audio visual, but I also then released the, the the audio portion of it as a sound mix on soundcloud too okay cool so i'm thinking we should use that because it's more recent but i'll throw in that cranberries remix that we were just talking Ooh. about since that's my next release cool. like maybe we'll put that at the beginning or at the end or something i'll let you decide I, but i'll, I'll I send you that probably mix just, and that track i'll actually honestly probably like drop it in the middle of the interview okay sick so. Or like well, before they may have already heard it. By yeah, now. well, I'll, no, <laughs> no, I will. I'll put it right before the mix. How about that? That's what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll put it right before. Yeah, the mix. so then you can hear like what, what I'm about to drop, and then like my most recent mix too. I think that one was an hour. Yeah, perfect. And that's just like a handful of a lot of my favorite stuff right now. Awesome. It's not super super new. It's two months old now. Oh, but like ancient. it's the newest mix that I've made. Yeah, you know how I am with the ADHD. <laughs> it carries into everything. Man. Oh, that's how I am. I'm if like, it's more than three days outdated. It's that's old. what I mean. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't posted anything to SoundCloud in 18 hours. Yeah, <laughs> dude, seriously, man. But actually, you know who I love is this fucking dude, uh, Gasly. Oh yeah. He posted a big rant at us on all his platforms today about that, about like how the music industry is like feeding the shorter and shorter attention span problem that we have and like oh. how like artists can't even be like free to create and have the space and the time that they need to find the inspiration to make the art that they want to make because the pressure from the industry oh. pushes us to create faster and faster. Yes. And it's like everyone just wants like to know like what going on with you as a person and it's all this other stuff that we're being like forced to play along with because of the way people's attention spans are like shortening and like so how you just mad about how like basically we have to get more and more as artists we have to become like more and more entertaining and we have to like try harder and harder to crank out content faster and faster and yeah it's, like, now you got the these damn djs that are doing the visuals and the sound Yeah, man, and then, yeah, I mean, fuck yeah. And, dude, I'm rolling out my OnlyFans <laughs> next week, bro. 
I've been collecting oh box God. fans for three years, waiting for this moment. I got my dick in a box. You don't have to put my dick in a box. Fan. I got my dick in a flash drive. Plug it into CDJ. Damn. I'm sorry. Hey, don't apologize. Love. <laughs> All right. Well, this, your USB this officially has gone off the rails. Let's. <laughs> We, we had to get here eventually. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was about as far as I could go without <laughs> getting all honky. <laughs> Y'all trying to get a little honky in here now? Yins, guys. Yin, yins all yinzers. <laughs> yin, yins skadoodle. Well, uh, you got any any last words? That sounds like you're going to kill me, bro. Uh, I'm going to kill you with bass. Enjoy the mix, and yeah, going to kill everyone with bass, and um, yeah, enjoy the mix, and uh, anybody who wants to check my shit out, I'm Luminist. You can go to soundcloud.com slash Luminist, that's LuminYST, uh, or LuministMusic.com, and uh, yeah, talk to your local promoters and try and convince them to get a Flux show out, and Shoot me an email so I can come tell you guys what's yeah, up. Yeah, buddy. All right. And I appreciate you letting me come on and, you know, read my oh, shit. Oh, yeah, man. I think we're going to get Thanks. a lot of feedback on that mouse story. I hope so. <laughs> I hope Dead Mouse comments <laughs> on it. Oh, shit. All right. Well, let's end the recording. And... Thanks, buddy. Yeehaw. You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast.
life, tell me what's all the stress for Scheming on funds and what methods to get more A sure bet to bless your treasure chest with the next horse to flex Like you got the best rep on a chessboard Some choose 9 to 5s for others, it's the crime scene Me, I'm spending my time perfecting rhyme schemes I guess it's all the same, cash rules, you gotta get it Some choose to run on long poles, fully naked To get the pull of some old dude, wholly erected The message, the ends justify the skewed ethics Money makes the world go round, a crude message, who said it? And if it was otherwise, would you bless it? Fair trial will swear by it, a new method implemented Hands on the food, stresses it
every time I come around
You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast.
society that uh, invests in creating unconsciousness, uh, which invests in keeping people asleep.
Thank you for listening to the Bass Music Podcast. Bass music podcast.